signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing ye might have life through his name I'd like to minister this morning on believing through his name you may be seated the Lord bless you John also wrote in chapter 10, verse 1, he recorded the words of the Lord, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Verse 7, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. He made it crystal clear here and in many other places who he is. You come to a great realization, for an example, you can, if you'll allow the Lord to open your understanding and not fight it or resist it, that in Isaiah it was said, that I, even I, am the Savior, and beside me there is no other. He alone is the Savior. Well, there's not, I hope there's not anybody sitting here this morning, but what you believe, that Jesus is the name of that Savior. Jesus is the Savior. 
There's not two saviors. There's one savior. And so if you believe what Isaiah was inspired to say, and then you believe your New Testament-inspired writings, and you come to one conclusion, that is there's one God, and His name is one, that name is Jesus Christ, and he wears all the hats. All the titles, all the hats belong to him. All the crowns belong to him. That's why it is written that he is the king of kings. Okay? That's why Isaiah said that he lifted up his eyes and beheld the Lord, and his train filled the temple. His victories, everything is so great and magnificent about him, and it was about him. It wasn't about plural. It was about one. And this one who is everything, he said, I am the door. Okay? You want to say, I am the father? He is that. He can say, I am the son because he came in the flesh, as was quoted this morning. And he comes as the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost into a believing heart. But it's all the same one God. And he said, I am the door. And if you come in any other way, then you're a thief and a robber. That's who you classify yourself with. You don't go over, you don't attempt to go under, and you do not try to circumvent or go around right or left, do an end run on God. You don't do that. He made it crystal clear that that's a great big no-no. You do not do that. There are severe and serious consequences to people who do that. But here, John also recorded in this passage that I've read to you this morning from God's inspired word. And he said it very clearly. He said, man, there's a whole bunch of things that got done that the world could not hold the books if they were all written down. He said, but these things that are written down, they're there so that you could have life through believing in his name. You want to believe through his name, through him, not around him, not over him, not under him, not by coming up with some kind of teaching that would split God up, divide God up, and make God some kind of a trinity. That is not what the Bible teaches. You want to remember that it's through his name, that name above every name, and neither is there salvation in any other. He's the door. He's the Father. He's the Son. He's the Holy Ghost. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And how did they say it? He's omnipotent, omnipotent, however you like to say it. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's almighty. This one true, wise, eternal God who cared so much about everybody, loved so much everybody, everywhere, that he said, I'm going to provide a sacrifice, a body prepared, and that body is going to give itself on the cross so that you might have, as was stated this morning, remission of sins, that you might have a full pardon of your sins, a forgiveness of your sins, a sending away to be remembered no more of your sins, that God can clean up your house he can get rid of every speck of dirt. He can save you to the uttermost. He can deliver you to the uttermost. And he wants you to understand that it's going to happen 
through his name. It's not going to happen without his name. It's not going to happen by trying to substitute something else in. It is going to be through his name. That's why when Matthew said and recorded 60 years after the church had already started, but he recorded that we were to, we were to go and teach all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In the name was in the name of Jesus Christ because that is the name. He said it is written in Isaiah 96 that he is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God. He is the wonderful and the counselor. Unto you I give a child and a son is born among you and his name shall be called. He is the everlasting Father. It said the name. It didn't say names. It said the name. The name. I often tell people that I'm a father, and I'm obviously a son, and I am a pastor, but there's only one of me. And I have to make, my wife and I have to make somebody a little eye appointment here. So if you see more than one of me looking up here, we'll make you an eye appointment too. I know I've put on a few pounds, but there's still only one of me. Now, Sister Farrah can't say that, and neither can uh, Franchette. They put on a few pounds, but there's two of them. All right? All right. Well, there's only one God, only one God, and he loves you. And he loves you so much that he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of business for you. I'm going to take care of it all for you. I'm going to provide. And look, it's a door, and I'm the door. You come in through that door, and everything's going to be okay. I'm going to lead you from one pasture to another pasture, one place of grazing and growing to another place where you will graze and you will grow. And I will do the leading, and I will do the guiding, for it is written that I'm going to send my spirit, the gift of my spirit, back to you. And when I baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, he said, then that's going to be the spirit of truth come into your heart who will lead and guide you into all truth. That he's going to comfort you in your times of trouble and travail and difficulty and challenge. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be the comforter. The Holy Ghost is going to help you pray and, and put things into words that the Spirit of the Lord will be able to understand that you won't be able to understand yourself. When it's groanings that the book said could not be uttered, that it's the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you find yourself faced by horrible spirits rising up through people, asking all kinds of contentious, striving questions, strive causing questions, then he said you don't have to worry about it because he said the answer is going to come. You don't need to premeditate. He said it's going to be the spirit inside of you that's going to answer and take care of all of that. How many times did Jesus confound them to where the book said they went away amazed or they dared not ask him any more questions from that day forth. That's when they said best thing we can do is kill him. You better know something that the devil is a liar and he makes big mistakes because he thought the best thing we could do is kill him was the worst thing he could do and first of all he didn't kill him because Jesus gave his life on the cross no man took it from him he gave it he gave it could have called legions of angels could have got bailed out 
But then he said the scriptures won't be fulfilled. We have a responsibility here. We have a job here. We've got a purpose, and it's eternal. And it goes beyond your own self and your own wants and desires. Those are the things that we all have to die to on a daily basis and continually go through the door, get in the church, get in the body of Christ, and then go in the direction that he leads us in the church, in the body of Christ, a growth period, a growth process. And he wants you to learn to believe through his name, whether you're coming for salvation, and that's why, and you got to get your believing uh, stronger and deeper in God. You, you cannot survive on a uh, top of the land, top of the soil, superficial believing because then the enemy comes and he just steals the word of God right out of your heart. That's what your Bible teaches. It said they believed for a while, but it was only for a while. They just believed for a little while because they didn't get any, any real depth and strength to their believing. And consequently, the enemy was able to steal it out of their heart. And, and you don't see them anymore. They're out there doing all the things they were doing before, only more. And then the seed fell, the Bible said, on the stones, the stony ground. And there, it didn't stay on the top, no, but it also didn't get any depth of earth. It didn't really get down in there where it would be protected by that soil and where it could begin to survive and to germinate and to produce what it would produce, what it's designed to produce, salvation in your heart, in your life, to be begotten by the Word, the Scripture teaches, that certified seed. And so... The, the Bible said the sun rose up and it was like a persecution it's criticism, it's family it's people on the job it's the enemy coming through any way and anybody he can and because it had no depth of earth then the Bible teaches it was scorched and it withered away and it died and it was over with that's what happens to some people unfortunately uh, they, they let family sh uh, back them up and cow them so to speak and, and get them to just quit and get them to turn away and run and go in a different direction they pull them back into their culture and their sinful life Lifestyle. They don't want you to be saved. They don't want you to become a light. They don't want you to become that beacon of hope and a part of that city that's set upon a hill. They don't want you to become something that would convict them of their sinful lifestyle and their fake phony religious ways. They don't want that. So they set about to persecute. They set about to scorch. They set about to keep you from ever really getting your believing to the place to where you obtain the salvation of God. And then there is a case where the seed falls upon the thorns. And in, in the midst of the thorns, it, it was beginning to bring a little fruit. It was beginning to show that there was the believing thing was really getting some strength here about it. And it was going to bring forth a fruit. Well, then the Bible teaches that the, those among the thorns were they that the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of sin choked that seed in their heart. Just got so many other things going on that they, they couldn't get focused on that believing thing. They couldn't get their believing to gain some momentum and their believing to take some good root and their believing to begin to produce the salvation of God and all that accompanies it. No wonder the Bible talked in Hebrews about that situation leading to 
nothing but to be taken and burned, gathered together and sticks and burned. And, and he said, but you know what? He said, we are persuaded of better things. There are better things. And that's why the Bible said that seed, when it could find an honest heart, when it could find a heart that would be strong enough and courageous enough to believe as the Scripture teaches, to believe as the Scripture directs and guides you, and would believe past the criticism, would believe to the point that it began to take more depth and it got past all of these challenges and things that the enemy throws at it, the world throws at it, people throw at it, and get down to that good soil, that believing soil, that soil that is rich in the spiritual resources that would cause it to produce the salvation that is designed by God to produce God wants you to have an honest heart. When you hear the word of God, that you respond to it honestly. That Yes, it says it, and I need to react to that. I need to believe that. I need to obey that. I need to do that. I need to show an honesty here. I don't need to close my eyes, stop up my ears, and stomp out and get mad and say, that's not my tradition. That's not the way I see it. Who's he to say that? Let me tell you, it ain't he saying it. It's him saying it. And you want to believe the inspired word of God. You want to see his plan. You want to see how he did things. And fall in step and in rank with it. Let me believe. Let me have an honest heart here. Let me be honest about this. Don't let me go into denial mode. Because when I go into denial mode, then the seed does not produce the salvation that it's designed to produce in my heart. And somebody right near me gets baptized in Jesus' name and they get the Holy Ghost, and here I am, you know, and we wind up deceiving ourselves. We keep trying to tell ourselves, I'm okay just like I am. I'm okay with what I got. I feel, I feel okay. I, I, I believe the way I believe. Well, you know, the world is filled with people that got guns and tanks and bombs and nuclear capabilities, and, and they steal and they rob and they cheat and they lie and do all kinds of things, but they believe. But they believe their way. You are trying to get honest to where you can believe God's way. You want to become a believer in God's eyes. You want him to look at you and say, now that's a believer. This person is not trying to dig a tunnel under the door. This person is not trying to, to stay buried in the earth and involved with all the worldly things and get under the door somehow. And, and, and this person is trying to be so exalted and so proud that they're trying to go up over the door. And then we've got people that are deceptive, deceiving themselves and trying to deceive others while they go right or left and try to go around everything, try to, try to make an argument, try to uh, somehow create a fuss over something and make a diversion and go right or go left. But let me tell you, God's looking for somebody that will stand up and square their shoulders and say, I believe, and go right smack dab through the middle of the door and not trip over the threshold neither. But they're going to repent of their sins. They're going to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and they're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're not going to hold back. They're going to give all their heart. All their heart. It is illustrated very firmly and very clearly in your Bible. Where else would we be interested in, right? But in your Bible, in Luke's account, he tells of a individual that wouldn't go through the door. He was going every which way but that. 
and uh, in his busyness of life and his being rich in this world that uh, the scripture teaches that there came a time after looking very disrespectfully and looking down his nose on the church and the things that were spiritual and they appeared to him to be ragged they appeared to him to be uncool they appeared to him to be something that he disdained I, I don't want anything to do I don't want to do that no man no. and he went about his his way doing his thing and having and touching and involving himself with every uh, pleasure of life every every good thing so called in this world in the eyes of the world until the Bible teaches that it came time to die and when it came time to die that which he detested that which he looked down on that which he didn't care anything about and thought it was silly and foolish and I don't have time for it I got too many other things to do well he that that individual was caught away with the angels unto God whereas this rich fella in rich in this world rich in life rich in all the things he involved him and in, interacted with in this life he died and he lifted up his eyes in hell in torment and and in so doing now the light bulb goes on and now he's ready to believe oh I'm ready to believe I, I need you to uh, to give me a drop of water first of all I need some of that Holy Ghost water too late for that and uh, well you know let's just cut to the chase he said you know I I need you I got I got people back there that I was a bad example to I was a bad example to my brothers in other words I was just bad example to everybody all the people connected with them I I was a bad example I, I I don't want them to come where I'm at I don't want them to be in this place of torment so I'll tell you what he said how about you you send somebody back send Lazarus back that one I looked down the nose at that one I made fun of send him back and tell them do not come to this place and the answer came back and said oh said uh, no we're not sending anybody back from the dead because if they won't believe what we've given them then they're not going to believe the one rose from the dead they're not going to believe the word they're not going to believe the preaching of the word they're not going to believe everything from Genesis to Revelation then they're not what's contained in those 66 books they're not going to believe the one rose from the dead and this is what John said he said many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in the book. But those things that are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that you might do that. Forget about, you know, I've heard people, they don't want to believe what the Bible teaches, but they want to go grab another book. You know. Or somebody gets healed and, of something, that, and it's a notable miracle, and they know, but they, they want to deny it. They want to just say, you know, oh, no, you just got better. You know? And uh, then somebody gets baptized and gets the Holy Ghost, and their whole nature and countenance and life changes for the good. And, and, and they're not doing the things they used to do anymore. They're delivered from those. They have no desire for those things anymore. They're not running with that crowd anymore. They're not going in them places, and they're not getting in trouble anymore. And, and, but, you know, people have a way of explaining that away. People have a way of putting that down and making fun of that, and they set in. The Bible said when they came to try to, they took counsel how they might catch Jesus in his words. They, they premeditatedly sat down and said, let's have a strategy session here, and let's get a game plan how we can trip this Jesus up. 
Do you understand that when you get this great truth, you you get your believing going to where it gets past the surface and it gets past a lack of depth of, of soil and where it burrows through and burrows through uh, the, the thorns, cuts its way through the thorns, and it gets to that good ground. And it begins to get an experience, a salvation experience that really does the work and begins to produce a fruit of the Spirit in your life, 30 and 60, even a hundredfold. What a great harvest it begins to bring. There are people that will talk among themselves and take counsel on how to trip you up, how to entangle you again in the things of this life. They get very active in their unbelief. That's why you need to get active in your belief. You need to get active in your believing, and you want to believe through his name. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You get baptized in his name. You pray for healing in his name. You got a problem, you pray in his name. You got sickness, you pray in his name. You need to get rid of the devil, you cast them out in his name. Believing through his name. You believe that these things are possible through his name. You can remain standing. It's his name that you want to put your believing, your faith, your confidence in here this morning. Believing through his name will give you life. It will give you life because the life that's in his name is the blood. The blood is your life. His blood will wash away all your sins. His blood will protect you. That's all because you're believing through His name. Believing through His name brings you through the door that He is, and it brings you to every good thing that He has prepared for you. Here in this life, and most especially in the world to come, believe through His name. Don't diss His name. Don't disrespect His name. It was written of one Old Testament prophet that lived in the reign of a very evil king. And it was written of this prophet that he greatly feared the Lord. He had great respect unto the Lord. When the Lord said it, he did it. That's believing. The Bible tells you in my conclusion this morning that about a, uh, well, let me give you two things. One is a woman who was in a certain part of the world and God sent the prophet to her area and said, go there and see her and so when he got there, because the place where he's at, it dried up. And so when he got there, here was the woman. And it was a time of great famine. There was no rain, and there had been no rain. And he said, uh, he said, give me a little water. And so she fetched and gave him a little water. It was a great sacrifice because it was, you know, hadn't rained. Things were drying up all over the place. And, she, and he said, give me some water. And she did it obediently. And then... She said, he said to her, he said, um, hey, fix, fix me a little cake. Fix me a little something to eat. And she said, truly, she said, I have just enough meal in the barrel, and I have just enough oil in the cruise to fix for me and my son, and then it's all over with. We got nothing. But he said, you fix that for me. Now, look, let me tell you, you talk about giving you an example of how to believe. He said it in spite of all the opposition and all the logical thinking. She did it. She did it. She obeyed the word of the Lord through the man of God. And when she did that, he told her, even before she did it, he told her, he said, you do that. And he said, and I'm telling you, there's not going to fail any meal in that barrel. 
and, the, and there's going to continually be oil in your little cruise, your little pitcher, it's going to be there. Don't you worry about a thing. You just go ahead and believe. You don't have to worry about what your aunt, your uncle, your mother, your father, your grandmother, your great this, your great that, your double first cousin, or people. You don't need to worry about them. You need to greatly fear the Lord. You need to respect the Lord. You need to hop and jump at his word. You need to quickly, quickly do what he's saying. Show that your believing is gaining strength and momentum. I really do believe, Lord. There wasn't no weak faith that did that. How many examples are there in your Bible? A woman comes to the Lord, and the Lord just verbally slaps her, disses her, disrespects her. I don't, I'm, I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, I, I can't give the children. He even told his disciples. He said, it's not proper for me to give the children's bread to the dogs. And that woman just kept on coming. <laughs> you talking about having, believing she just kept on coming. Every, everything he hurled at her, every obstacle he threw in her way, she just went right over it and kept on coming. And she said, truth, Lord, I'm not going to fuss with you. I'm not going to argue with you. She said, everything you said is right. You're right. You know, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm lost and I'm undone. She said, but you know what, Lord? She said, if you'll just let me have the crumb like a dog that comes off of those children's table. She said, everything will be fine. He took her and turned her around. And he said, everybody look at her. Now, I hadn't found faith like that nowhere around here. You know what I'm talking to you about? There's a lot of people say, I believe, I believe. I'm, you know, Jesus ain't using them for an example. <laughs> there, there, there's not a great faith there. There's not a, a faith that has, has believed the Scripture and acted on it. Jesus is looking, the Bible teaches, for people who will come and worship him in sincerity. you got to mean what you're doing. It's not a little plaything. It's not a little game. This is you getting your believing through his name to the point that you obtain the miracle that you need. And the miracle that you need is salvation. It all starts with Holy Ghost salvation. That's where it starts. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Lord, you're holy. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Here I am to worship. Come on now. Here I am to bow down. Come to kneel before you. Come to lift my heart with my hands before you. You're my God. I need this great Holy Ghost. I need the name of Jesus Christ. I want to believe through that name. Well, neither is there salvation in any other name. Let me believe through that name. Praise you, Lord. Here I am to Let's come and gather around. All the men over here and the ladies over here. 